0: Uh, I think most people in evangelicalism, when they see a squirrel, thinks of Gene Clyde. It's really strange when you think about it. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. It's good to have you with us. It is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. We are rapidly approaching the beginning of March, the end of February, the beginning of March. Um, Programming note. I'm going to Shepherd's Conference. There's not going to be any pre-recorded episodes while I am gone. I will have some equipment with me. I may or may not do something from down there. I have no plans to, but I will have the ability to if the uh, mood strikes me or if the opportunity presents. So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to be gone. There will be no squirrel chatter for I think from the sixth. I'm I'm leaving on the fifth, so sixth, seventh, eighth, probably, probably through the fifteenth, so probably the sixteenth will be the the first episode after Squirrel after uh, Shepherd's Conference. We'll have to see. We will. Yeah, uh, you know, the the schedule is flexible because I'm driving, and I don't know whether sometimes uh, impacts travel this time of year as no doubt you are aware. And I will be driving through some snow country, at least on the northern end of my route. And I have been, uh, my very first Shepherds Conference, I ended up spending the night in a rest area. Well, the night, I got like two hours of sleep in a rest area because we had been stuck on the highway because snow had closed a pass in southern Utah, and we had to wait for the plows. They just closed the road and sent the plows up to clear it, then opened the road and let us through. And by the time we got over that hill, there was all the hotels had filled up. It was just, you know, bizarre. Uh, So I ended up driving till I found a rest area and just pulling in and sleeping in the car for a couple hours. That was a interesting trip and that was my very first shepherds conference so the possibility exists you never know what the weather's going to be like going through uh montana idaho and utah once you get to southern utah once you drop down into saint george then you're in the desert and you're in the southern climate and things are pretty nice but right north of saint george you actually climb quite a bit and so you're on a higher plateau so even even while southern Utah, north of St. George, is still f- pretty far south, it's at a pretty high elevation. And it's not until you drop down to St. George, right before you go into that little corner of Arizona on I-15, it's not really until you come down that hill that you start to really feel the the southern desert temperatures and things warm up quite a bit. Um, one of the reasons why St. George, Utah is a favored retirement place or snowbird hangout. I mean, that was one of the places that my dad always wanted to, never got the opportunity, but he had, he had thought of St. George as being a, a good place to, to snowbird to, um, sadly, he, he died very shortly after he retired and he was not able to, to do a lot of the stuff that he had planned. He had, always, he had wanted to, uh, once he was no longer working, he had, a, had a, he and Mom were, we grew up as RVers. We were traveling all over the place and, and camping and everything. And so Dad had an idea of just being a relief preacher where he could come in, he could park his RV next to a church and preach a few weeks and give the pastor some time off you know, if a pastor was going on vacation or, or needed a sabbatical for something, Dad could just park his RV next to the church and he and mom would live in the RV and he could preach for a few weeks. And, and so that was one of the things he wanted to do. And, and, uh, sadly he passed away at age of 67, which, uh, seemed young at the time. And it seems even younger now, cause that's only 10 years older than I am. Um, and I'd, Don't feel all that old. so. All right. Well, this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. I webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And then you can find the podcast wherever you find fine podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, other places. I'm sure I'm missing... Um, so today, what we got, it's Tuesday, so we are resuming our study Bible-level Bible study. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 4, 41 through, I think, 49. We're going to end the chapter today. And uh, so we've got prayers from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's daily readings in the life of Christ. And then we've got our study Bible-level Bible study. All right, well, let's begin as we always do with the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Trust in God transcends the temporal. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew four. 4. James, the Lord's earthly half-brother, reminds us that this life is very temporary and uncertain. It is not even guaranteed that we will have an earthly future. James' practical letter teaches us, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. That's James 4, 14 and 15. Like Jesus, what we are all about and the ultimate goals of our lives should focus on the eternal, not the temporary. The guiding principle and central motive of our lives must be to please God and trust Him for absolutely everything. See Matthew 6, 33. Jesus poses some searching questions in the Sermon on the Mount. Why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Matthew 6, 28-30 We always suffer and miss out to some extent on spiritual blessings when we short-sightedly worry about the temporal instead of focusing on the eternal. Jesus' response to the devil's temptations is again our model. Ask yourself, how much time do you spend listening to the nagging complaints of worry? How much is fretting a part of your thought process? When are you most susceptible to letting anxiety rise up within you, stealing your joy and perspective? Pray for freedom from anxiety and the faith to replace it. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 41 through 49, I'll read the passage and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Then Moses set apart three cities across the Jordan to the east toward the sunrise, that a manslayer might flee there, who slew his neighbor without premeditation, not hating him previously. So he shall flee to one of these cities that he might live. Bazar in the wilderness on the plateau of the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. Now this is the law which Moses set before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out from Egypt, across the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the sons of Israel struck down when they came out from Egypt. And they took possession of his land, and the land of Og, king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites, who were across the Jordan to the east toward the sunrise, from Oror, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, even as far as Mount Sion, that is, Hermon, with all the Arabah across the Jordan to the east, even as far as the Sea of the Arabah at the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. So, This marks the end of one section and the beginning of the next section in Moses' addresses to the Israelites. Deuteronomy is, again, a a series of Moses' final addresses to the Israelites before he died, and they crossed the Jordan and began the conquest of the promised land in earnest. They had conquered land East of the Jordan, but they had to cross the Jordan and actually conquer the land of Canaan, as God had decreed. Now, it begins with this discussion of cities of refuge. Verses 41 and 42 say, Then Moses set apart three cities across the Jordan to the east toward the sunrise, that a manslayer might flee there, who slew his neighbor without premeditation not hating him previously. So he shall flee to one of these cities that he might live. Now the cities of refuge are kind of an interesting concept. Um, We understand that while there were formal courts in ancient Israel that are delineated by the law um, and consisted of, of priests, There, there was, it was a, The priesthood was active in the the law courts. So you had the priesthood and you had the elders of the cities. They were the ones who sat in judgment of cases that were brought before them. But you didn't have an organized police force. You didn't really have a criminal justice system like we're familiar with. Our criminal justice system as it is modernly constituted with police forces and and everything. Now, the court system, of course, that we have in the United States goes back to the Constitution, and it's based upon English courts and English common law, which go back several centuries. Um, But modern police forces and modern law enforcement really is like 150 years old. You had magistrates who were charged with enforcing the law and but you didn't have police forces with patrol districts and jurisdictions and stuff like that until modern times now in ancient Israel, you know like I said the the elders of the city and the priesthoods were constituted the courts, but there wasn't a police force. Um, I imagine they would. They would have. You know, if they had reached a judgment and there was some sort of resistance, they would have resulted to military. You know, to provide the arms necessary to because criminal justice requires the threat of force, Um and it's a it's a just threat of force, and indeed. It is, that, that use of force to deter criminals is one of the, is the primary reason that God instituted governments among men. That's Romans 13. They are there to punish the evildoer. That's the purpose of government. So, protect the citizens and punish those who who would harm the citizens um, physically, materially. I mean, there's all all sorts of applications to that but the evildoer is to be punished by the government and so you would see this being used done by the military um, before police forces were really instituted but there was also um, the the fact that that there was the avenger in israel and this was a a Person delegated by the tribe or clan to avenge the murder of a member of the tribe or clan. He's called the 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 Avenger of the Kinslayer, kind of. It's various things. So the cities of refuge were put into place, and there were six of them. Let me just read that. We see in Exodus 20:12 is where we first see this. Now this is. Uh, the, the penalties for murder. Uh, Exodus 21, 12 through 14. He who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will appoint you a place to which he may flee. If, however, a man acts presumptuously toward his neighbor so as to kill him by deceit, You shall take him even from my altar, that he may die. So what's going on here? Penalty for murder is death. But it says if he doesn't lie in wait for him, which means this is not a premeditated murder, then there's a place where he can flee to await trial. And it is to await trial. Verse 14 assumes that a trial has taken place. And they have determined that the murder was actually intentional. So if a man acts presumptuously towards his neighbor so as to cl- kill him by deceit, it you know, makes it look like an accident. Because the, the, the purpose of this is really to keep safe someone who kills someone by accident. So cases of self-defense are not murder. It's self-defense. Accidental death is not murder. It's an accident. So murder is intentional. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, fully premeditated. Like, you know, he planned it for days. He bought the poison. He You know, the whole, the you know, you read the, watch Columbo. Those were some of those intricate murders. Um, love that show. Uh, interestingly, that was the only murder show that showed you, it starts with the murder. So you go the whole show watching a Columbo episode knowing who the murderer is. And the interesting thing in the show is how Columbo's going to catch him. Love those shows. Great, great shows. Um, Got several seasons on DVD, and that's one of the ones that we'll pull out and watch quite often. Just to uh, pass time and watching dinner, eating dinner or something, and just sitting in family night of TV. So... But if he did not lie and wait for him, now that's a, you know, if, if you're waiting for somebody to come along so that you can kill them, that's premeditation. So, so we have here, you know, premeditated murder, we have here accidental murder, and we have here deceitful murder, where you make it look like an accident to try to get away with it. So, but if somebody, if it, if it is an unintentional death, then that person is given a city of refuge to flee to. Now, Numbers 35 gives us much more detail about how the city of refuge is supposed to work. Beginning in verse 9, So Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select for yourselves cities to be your cities of refuge. That the manslayer who has struck down any person unintentionally may flee there. And the city shall be for you as a refuge from the avenger, so that the manslayer will not die until he stands before the congregation for judgment. That's what I was saying earlier. If it turns out he was actually intentional, he doesn't get to stay in the city of refuge. You you execute him. And the cities shall be for you as a refuge from the avenger. That's the person who is charged with executing the murderer. So that the manslayer will not die until he stands judgment for the congregation. The cities that you give him shall be be your six cities of refuge. um, Three cities across the Jordan and three cities in the land of Canaan. There to be the cities of refuge. They shall be cities of refuge For the sons of Israel, and for the sojourner, and for the foreign resident among them, that anyone who strikes a person down unintentionally may flee there. But, verse 16, if he struck him down with an iron object so that he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he struck him down with a stone in the hand by which he would die, And as a result, he died. He is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he struck him with a wooden object in the hand by which he would die, and as a result, he died. He is a murderer. And the murderer shall surely be put to death. So what he's talking about here is attacking someone with a weapon. Again, this is not talking about defense. This is talking about attacking someone. So picture the, you know, Typical playground incident um, where, you know, somebody starts going, you're mama, and you lose your temper and haul off and punch them. Okay. Now, in that instance, if you punched them and they fell to the ground and hit their head and died, that's unintentional. Yeah, you were mad at them. Yeah, you wanted to, to hit them and shut them up. But you didn't mean to kill them. But if somebody's insulting you and provoking you like that and you pull out a weapon and hit them, then you intended to kill them, right? Um, you're not defending yourself. They're not attacking you. You're attacking them as a result of some sort of provocation, but not a physical attack. And, and, and understand As much as words hurt us and as much as somebody can be insulting, insults don't physically harm us. We're not under threat of bodily injury or death by somebody insulting us. So while you may lose your temper, haul off and deck them, that's different from pulling out a weapon and intending to inflict harm. So that's why he's saying if he, if he strikes him with an iron object or with a stone in his hand or with a wooden club, that's an intentional injury. And so that murderer, that man's a murderer, and he shall be put to death for murder because he intended to kill somebody, even though you know, it was the heat of the moment incident. Um, he intended to kill somebody. He's not defending himself. He's not defending somebody else. He's attacking someone who he's angry at. And he does it with a weapon. He's a murderer. Yeah. The blood avenger himself, this is verse 19 of of Exodus 21, or of uh, Numbers 35. The blood avenger himself shall put the murderer to death. He shall put him to death when he meets him. And if he pushed him of hatred or threw something at him lying in wait, and as a result, he died. Or if he struck him down with his hand in enmity, and as a result, he died. The one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The blood avenger shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. So Bob killed Joe. The blood, mur- blood avenger finds Bob. And he kills him. There's no delay. There's no, you know. It's it's. He's he knows who killed him, and he's after him. In a lot of ways we can think of the, the Blood Avenger is like the old West marshals. You know. You're out in the middle of the desert. There's no way to safely get this guy back to town. You you know just you gun him down, and you know he's the bad guy. You know he's the murderer you put him down. I mean, the old wanted posters, wanted dead or alive. It was like, this guy is a bad dude. If you kill him and bring him in, you're cool. It's not a, it's not considered murder to kill the person who's wanted dead or alive. And so picture, picture the blood Avenger as like that bounty hunter going after the people that are wanted dead or alive. He may or may not be necessarily interested in bringing them back alive. He may just, you know, and he says he's not to bring him back alive. He's supposed to put him to death when he meets him. But verse 22, if he pushed him suddenly without enmity or threw something at him without lying in wait or with any stone by which one die yet without seeing, and it fell upon him and he died, but he is not his enemy nor seeking his injury. This is the accidental death. You threw something. And it hits somebody, you didn't mean to hit them and they die. Or you push somebody without meaning to cause them injury. Um, and, and a lot of this, like, you know, picture being up on a high cliff and you stumble and stumble into somebody and you shove them off the cliff and they fall and die. You're as upset as anybody else. You didn't mean to kill them. That's an accidental death. So, or, or if you, you know, do something that causes somebody to die, and it's an accident. You're not his enemy. You weren't seeking his injury. Then you go to trial. Then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the blood avenger according to these legal judgments, according to the standards set forth in the the law. And the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the blood avenger And the congregation shall restore him to his city of refuge to which he fled. And he shall live in it until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. So here was the thing. Let's say you, you, you accidentally kill, Joe accidentally kills Bob. Bob killed Joe last time. Now Joe kills Bob. Joe accidentally kills Bob. He flees to the city of refuge so that he can stand trial. He stands trial, and it's determined, yes, this was an accidental death. He is then returned to the city of refuge, and that is where he is to make his home until the high priest who's in office dies. When the high priest dies, then he can return to his own land. So it's kind of, there's even a, a, there's a penalty for even accidentally taking death. And that's kind of being in a semi-exile state for a period of time. Now, these these cities of refuge were administered by the Levites. They don't belong to any of the tribes. They're they're not part of any tribal territory. They are Levitical cities. The, The Levites were given charge of certain cities. And this was one of the reasons why the Levites were given charge of those cities that they would serve as cities of refuge. There's six of them, three east of the Jordan, three west of the Jordan. So there's there was always a city of refuge nearby to flee to in the event of an incident like this. But you had to live in that city until the death of the high priest. And it says, if the manslayer at any time goes beyond the border of his city of refuge, to which he may flee, and the blood avenger finds him outside the border of the city of refuge and the blood avenger kills the manslayer, he will not be guilty of blood because he should have remained in his city of refuge until the high pri- death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer shall return to the land of his possession. Now, I, I don't know I honestly don't know of any instance recorded for us in Scripture where any of this actually happened. Um I don't recall any offhand, and I didn't really do a search of it um before this morning to see what the if if the cities of refuge were ever utilized, um, at least that's recorded for us in Scripture. I don't imagine that if Joe killed Bob and Joe is determined to have killed Bob accidentally and Joe is hanging out in the city of refuge, I don't believe the blood Avenger is going to be just waiting outside the border of the city of refuge for Joe to pop back out. That, that just seems strange to me. Um, That would almost be lying in wait to murder yourself. But what if Joe returned home before the death of the high priest? And it's, hey, Joe's back in town. And the blood avenger kills him at that point because now he's back. You know, people didn't travel around like we do now. So chances are the murder the murder victim, the murder victim's family, the blood avenger, they're all living in the same area. So when somebody would return to that area before the death of the high priest, then, you know, the the family of the murdered victim might well want to avenge the death. And that was considered, yeah, it was okay, and the reason that the the blood avenger would not be guilty of the get, death was because the manslayer, this is somebody who, who he I mean, he did kill him, even if it wasn't intentional. He's supposed to stay in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest, and it's only then that he's allowed to return home. Now, we don't know how long that could have been. I mean— <laughs> You know, if the if the new high priest was just anointed last Tuesday and he's a relatively young man, you might be in the city of refuge for a long time until he dies. But at the same time, the high priest at the time of the murder could be a very old man, in which case you may not be there very long. But that was the criteria that God set forth. And this is to to you know bring justice. For murder, but at the same time, um, protecting the the those who kill someone accidentally. So the penalty for murder is death, but if it wasn't intentional murder, then they could flee to the city of refuge. So, but at the same time, it it's almost like you know they have to flee to this other place and live in this other place for a period of time until the death of the high priest there's still a punishment for a a, a wrongful death so even though it's not murder he's not going to lose his life over it there's still a punishment for a wrongful death now again we're not talking about self-defense we're not talking about defense of another we're not talking about uh you know killing in a time of war those are sanctioned elsewhere. We're talking about murder and accidental death. All right. That's the end of Moses's first address to the Israelites. Verse 43 begins the second address. And this is really, this is going to go on for like 20 chapters. Um, I think it goes up to like chapter 27 or 28. This is a long section. Um, Some people say it's two addresses. Some people say it's one between here and chapter 27 or 28, wherever it ends. And it might be two. It might be one. It's just how, how different people interpret it. There's, there's very few clean breaks. This is one of the cleaner breaks where you can tell, okay, we're changing topics here. Um, There are very few clean breaks in Deuteronomy. While it was a series of addresses that he gave to the Israelites, that Moses gave to the Israelites, in the writing it's not written down as separate transcripts. So we don't always have On Tuesday at 10 o'clock, Moses said this. We don't have that. So there is some question about when and where the addresses are broken into parts. Um, it is more than one address, um, but like I said, it's you know. So this this period is either one or that begins here in verse forty-three of chapter four, is either one address to chapter twenty-seven or twenty-eight or two. So we'll talk about that as we go through it, but we're just going to give the the introduction here, and this is this this introduction. Again, comes with a short review. So um, as we read through this, you're thinking, gosh, he just said this. Um, Oh, anyway, verse 43 is actually the cities. He names the cities. Bazar in the wilderness on the plateau of the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. Those are the cities of refuge east of the Jordan which is also called across the Jordan, because everything is, when you read descriptions, everything is from Jerusalem. So when they talk about something being in the north, it's north of Jerusalem. Across the Jordan, it's across the Jordan from Jerusalem. So you know that's why across the Jordan is east of the Jordan. They have not yet crossed the Jordan going west, but when things are said to be across the Jordan, they're still east of the Jordan. So... So here we have the the cities that are named that are east of the Jordan. And like I said, there were three more cities would be named west of the Jordan. That's going to be recorded for us in Joshua that that takes place. Because Joshua tells about conquering the land west of the Jordan. So verse 44 starts the next section. Don't know, I'm going to talk much about the introduction, but let me, you know, we can read through it. Now, this is the law which Moses set before the sons of Israel. These are the testimonies and statutes and judgments which Moses spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Across the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the sons of Israel struck down when they came out of Egypt. So, This is where Moses is beginning to explain the law for this new generation that's entering into the promised land. This is where he is going to be doing some application of the law to living in cities and living in settled, you know, in settled settlements (laughs) as opposed to living in tents and camps as you go through you know there's all sorts of stuff in the in Leviticus and Numbers about things that take place inside the camp outside the camp everything like that well now they're not going to be camped they're going to be living in the cities and so he takes a lot of these the the law that's already been established and changes the application so that it's applied to living in cities as opposed to living there was no city. There were no cities of refuge when they were living in the camp. Um, so you know, I'd have to go back and look at Exodus and Leviticus if there was regulations for for what a manslayer was supposed to do um, in a case of accidental death when they were living in the camp. That's interesting. That's a that's an area of study that I haven't done. Might look up to that. May or may not have time to do it today. If I do it today, I'll report on it tomorrow when we resume our study. But uh, that's what Now, it also says that these are the things that they, he spoke to the sons of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And it also says that they struck down Sihon, king of the Amorites, when they came out of Egypt. Um, It's 40 years after they came out of Egypt. The, the striking down Sihon uh, King of the Amorites and taking his land had just recently happened at the time of Deuteronomy that was after the wandering in the wilderness as they were coming to take the promised land and that's why the, the the tribes that settled east of the Jordan were settled there before the conquest west of the Jordan began because they had conquered the land at that time. Um, remember, they just had, they had to promise to to go in and help the the rest of the tribes take the land. So that's what's going on here, and uh, so we're we're about to have this address. So they they killed the Sihon and took his land, and they took possession of his land and the land of Og, king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites who were across the Jordan to the east toward the sunrise from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon. Aror. It's A-R-O-E-R, and I have never been able to pronounce that. I I, I should find somebody who who can help me with my pronunciation of that word. Arnon is easy, so it's Aror, Arr, 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 I don't know. (laughs) Glad I don't live there. I don't have to pronounce it. Um, On the edge of the Valley of Arnon, even as far as Mount Zion, that is Hermon, with all the Arabah across the Jordan, even as far as the Sea of Arabah, at the foot of the slopes of Mount Pisgah. So that's the introduction. We're not going to go any further. We're going to get into the second address of Moses tomorrow morning. Um, I said I may or may not report back to you on what, if any, regulations there were concerning manslayers in the camps before the establishment of the cities of refuge. That's an interesting thought. I've never thought about that. So I may do a little bit of study on that today. I've got other stuff to do, so I may not get to it. <laughs> Just going to let you know. I will get to it. I'm making a note right now. I'm going to write this down, and I will uh, I will look into that um, if I don't report back to you tomorrow. It'll be next week on that. All right. Well, let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now the colic for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, folks, that's Squirrel Chatter for Tuesday. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.